Hello again, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Simi Pro. My name is Dalton Barrett, and in the studio with me, I've got two of my good friends. Hi, I'm Josh Clements. And I am at the Sam Farouk. I just some. What a what a joke. Um we've got That's my name. We're 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 at the Sam. We're gonna try to the, have the less American way. We're gonna try to have it on um, several times <laughs> throughout the 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 coming little bit. Uh, work him into our movie discussion as we're going, Josh. Since I know this is you know one of my favorite movies and one of your favorite movies, I'm gonna give you the honor of introducing the film that we're watching today. We are watching Zack Snyder's Justice League in the four by three aspect ratio. I can't wait. No, we're watching Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, just a, a, a stellar movie. The fourth movie in the Mad Max franchise. Or the first one, because it's kind of released like 80 years after the other three. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, we're both, or all three of us, are super excited because we all three love this movie. Item didn't just come in very last minute and knows remembers nothing about the movie, but it'll all come back to him as we're watching Mad Max Fury Road on this episode of Semi Pro. time it's time to talk about the greatest movie of all time <laughs> joker this... released in 2019 <laughs> uh... <Tasm two>. sir <laughs> billy <laughs> <laughs> this is what i me and you josh we've we've come up with this thing and we, we've talked about doing it on the show but it's a trilogy of movies that we all see as you know like perfect cult films like as as close to perfect as possible for for like cult or nerdy movies. Fury Road is on that list. Uh, Skyfall is on that list, and The Dark Knight is on that list. And it's what we're what we're naming the semi pro trilogy. So who knows? But this is one of the three that I would consider like a a perfect cultish film. I mean, yeah, it it's about as close to a perfect movie as I think you can probably get. And it's a movie that, you know, there, there's some movies that you kind of don't hear about any hate for. And I say it's this, it's The Dark Knight and uh, 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 the other one. And the... the Skyfall. Uh, like, Skyfall, that was it. Yeah, you never really hear any hate for them outside of the, you know, the contrarians who are like, oh, The Dark Knight's not a good Batman movie. It's bad. Uh, I mean, it's but, like, not... <laughs> Item, we're not having this discussion. <laughs> Item, we're saving that discussion for next time. <laughs> <laughs> right. I did. I did talk to somebody about us doing talking about these movies. Somebody who listens, and I'm sure he won't mind me sharing uh, uh, who he is. Uh, it was our it was our buddy Clancy, and um, he does not like Fury Road. Interestingly really? enough, uh, which is not all that surprising. His thing is. Um, he thinks it's really good, like special effects wise, but there's not much story, which is it's actually more one practical of practical than special effects, right? Well, yes, it's the the special effects in this movie were something like eighty percent practical, 
the uh, yeah, I mean, most of the special effects were just kind of removing like the wires and stuff for the stunts. Right. So according to yeah, over eighty percent of the effects in this movie are practical effects, including stunts, makeup, and sets. CGI was used sparingly, mainly to enhance the landscape, remove stunt rigging, and for Furiosa's left arm, which is a prosthetic right. limb. So I thought uh, I thought Charlie Stenon just <laughs> cut off her arm in dedication for the film. <laughs> she should have. I'm sure there was a, a Christian Bale would have done it. Christian Bale is Furioso would have removed his own arm. That's getting into the character. It's what you need. I need really. to have a prosthetic arm. <laughs> so, I can't. So I, some, I can't wait for I can't wait for him to appear in Dune as a 450 pound <laughs> sandworm. <laughs> I'm gonna let you go first as we're kind of doing our spoiler free talk before we get into the plot of the movie. What did you think of Mad Max Fury Road? So, this is the only Mad Max movie I've watched. I haven't watched the previous ones. It's the only one coming that matters. Good to know, because I enjoyed it a lot. Because this movie, whatever it is, it's just it's very self-aware, which I like. This movie's made for action. This movie doesn't take itself too seriously in some aspects, or doesn't try and make like explain or justify everything it's just a crazy post-apocalyptic world where it shows that people who are left to fend for themselves are just gonna end up this crazy and then that cool music bits with exploding cars and i love it there are cool cool music bits i like it um yeah that's kind of the same sentiments i have it's like this movie is 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 exactly what it needed to be there's there's nothing in this movie that tries to make this movie more than it is which is not all that common for movies especially of this budget like even even your movies that are somewhat self-aware in that way like your avengers in games and infinity wars and all of those movies still kind of think they're more than they are um and then of course you got like like Zack snyder's justice league and movies on the opposite end of the spectrum that have no idea what they are and think that take themselves way too seriously but this movie doesn't which is amazing, and um, it's just, it's so beautiful to sit down and watch a movie that you don't have to turn your brain off. The movie kind of, Itzam, you say this a lot, you're like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a turn-your-brain-off movie, but you don't have to turn your brain off when you watch this one. The, the movie kind of does that for you. Yeah, the movie does it for you very well. <laughs> like, the movie just turns your brain off for you, and it's incredible. So, Josh, what do you think? I mean, yeah, like, like you guys say, um, the movie knows what its goal is. It knows that it's an action movie. And it doesn't, like, there's a couple of moments where it kind of sways away from that. And it has, like, a little more sort of character-driven emotional scenes. Like, uh, that that moment where Furiosa realizes that her entire family and dreams are dead. And she just kind of screams. But, like, that that's immediately followed up by probably the best motorcycle chase i've ever seen it's great uh, it's but yeah this this movie's just uh, there is no aspect of this movie which falls behind like like acting writing characters uh, action cinematography effects music everything is so so perfect and it it's kind of mind-blowing because like it shouldn't be like you know usually in these kind of things something falls behind where 
you know, the music lets it down or the cinematography lets it down or the, particularly like in action movies, the writing will let it down where the writing falls a bit flat. It doesn't quite gel as well with everything else, but this just kind of, it knocks it out of the park every time and it blows my mind. There's nothing, um, there's, there's no part of this movie that I have a complaint about, which might be my bias. But there's no part of this movie that I'm like, yeah, don't care for that bit. Like even the Furiosa thing, where where they do go a little more serious for a minute, I like it. Like there's no there's nothing in this movie where I think, yeah, you could have probably cut that, and it would have improved the overall movie. Or it's like, yeah, I understand why they put that in, but I don't really like it. There there's there's not a frame of this movie that I don't care for. Yeah, like. Genuinely, there's nothing. There's nothing that's like, oh, okay, this part's coming up. I'll just tune out for a second and tune back in. It you can't take your eyes off it once you start watching. It it kicks itself into eleventh gear, and then never drops down for a second. Well, and that's another thing. And Item, you can comment on this um, because you're a visual guy. You like you like fancy visuals. It's why you like. Chasm 2 and it sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, Chasm 2 is great. <laughs> this movie is also beautiful. Like it's one of the prettiest oh, movies. Yeah. Like we were talking about the end of Skyfall, how it's it may be the, the we were just talking about this before we started recording the other day. Um it's the the final fight in Skyfall is one of the prettiest like fight sequences of all time. This whole movie is just gorgeous. The 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 bright blue sky mixed with the the orange of the sand and like it's it's a gorgeous, colorful, like it's it's well graded, it's well shot. Like this movie is is very pretty. So I am... good. Like seeing a movie that has a visual that resonates with me because I live in Saudi Arabia in the desert and I feel the heat just from the screen. It was just amazing. I made me feel right at home. I'm well, glad I, you I have to. I, I have to bring it up. Hey, I'm watching the movie on the screen, and I feel like sand hitting my face. Then I go out, and then there's actual sand hitting my face. So, you know, it's a good experience. So do you guys have lightning storms that burn things when you drive through them there, too? Um, sometimes. Sometimes. It happens. I, I mean, we were we were talking about the the Mad Max game just before we started recording, and uh, Itzem's living through the immersive visual <laughs> Mad Max game. Oh, dude, my, my, I, I'm every day I'm out there and I'm trying to get my car done. It's Mad Max VR, but it's, it's just Mad, Itzem's life. It, it's it's a Mad, hey, Mad Max uh, Spider Monkey World. <laughs> In, okay, quick question for you guys. So in this Mad in this Mad Max universe, <laughs> twenty. That's my number plate on my car. X X I I I. Oh, right, right. Quick question for you guys. So in the man, like let's say you in the Mad Max apocalypse, right? You, you you're stuck there. Uh, me and Item can't drive, so we're already dead by this point. Yep. Um, What's your role? Because I want to be the dude who shoots flamethrowers out of his guitar. I can't play guitar, wow. but I'd want to be him. You took the good Ooh, role, man. That Yeah, although that guy does die. I guess everybody dies. Well, yeah, I mean, not, not... Hey, hey, I live, I die, I live again. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's such a tough question. I'd want to be one of those, you remember those dudes with the giant cane arms that just like walked on the ground that were just there? 
I don't want to be one of those guys because yeah. they looked like they're living. They, they're the only ones who got away unscathed. <laughs> that would be my role. I'd just like fade into the background, or one of the one uh, of the 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 starving people at the beginning and end of the movie as um, <laughs> Mortal Joe is giving water like with the buckets. Just a normal guy, so I can I can make it out unscathed. I uh, I actually I saw something about this recently. Um, I think they call the water at the beginning of the, the movie like Aquacola or something, and then at some point Knox uh, Knox says uh, he should be like McFeasting in Valhalla. <laughs> yes, and yeah, you're right, you're right. And it's like it, it's kind of neat because uh, uh, oh, I, I was going to say George R. R. Martin, but I know that's not right. <laughs> George Miller. Um, George Miller. <laughs> <laughs> I've never even seen Game of Thrones. I saw the first season, I think, and I dropped out. But like I um George George Miller is such a god at world building in so specific ways. Like the idea that McFeasting and McDonald's and franchise and that stuff survived the apocalypse to the point of that's what the language is now. Like just that those tiny little details get sprinkled out throughout the movie are so it's like a like like just the cherry on top of it all. Well, and if you'll notice, it's the people who were born after the apocalypse started who are talking like that because it kind of sets up where uh, Immortal Joe is kind of, or at least this is what I drew from it. And we'll get into the plot in just a second. Immortal Joe to me feels like he's making this stuff up to to sort of build himself up um, with his army and to his children as like, a, for lack of a better term, like a prophet. Um, and so he's using all of these things that he knew because th- theoretically Immortal Joe was around before the apocalypse started because Max was around before the apocalypse started and, and Immortal Joe is clearly older than Max, but all of these these soldiers, uh, all of the children of Immortal Joe were were born after that started so he can feed them whatever lies he wants you know he can call it aquacola he can call it you know mcfeasting like like he can say all of those things to these people and they'll buy it because they weren't around when mcdonald's was a thing and when coca-cola was a thing and all of these different different elements like they can he can he can sell all of that to them and if you'll notice like when that stuff is is said like that it cuts to max's face and he's always making like a he never says anything about it but he's making a face about it you know like um like how dumb it is but to it's be fair a, to be fair max never you know says anything in the movie <laughs> he's got some lines i think he's got like 15 yeah. something like that he just kind of he kind of grunts and well half the movie he's in a muzzle <laughs> And then once the muzzle's off, he just grunts and and and, and goes Grr. like that's 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 his dialogue. That's what surprised me because I watched Mad Max for the first time, watching the only Mad Max, and I thought he was the main character, and he's like the third most important character in the movie. Oh he's yeah, Ma- of, Ma- yeah. Max, Max is never really the main character of any of the movies he's in. Like he. He, he's usually just kind of vibing his way through the wasteland and he gets drawn into stuff. The movie should be called Furiosa Road. I hate you. That's an awful punch. <laughs> that, was, that was horrible. Me and Josh were talking when we did our Doom discussions two, two weeks ago and last week. This is the perfect way to do a Doom movie just like this. Um, yeah. But on the surface of Mars instead of... Uh, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, what's the difference? Right. Um, 
but but you don't have Doom Doom Guy or Doom Slayer as your main character. You have you have you know I, I, someone else as your main character, and and you know you just kind of rope in Doom Slayer into that, like this movie did with Max, because you can do that silent protagonist thing with it. Um, and this is like the perfect blueprint for a video game movie because this movie essentially is an escort mission from like a game. You have to get from point A to point B, and then post-apocalyptic stuff happens throughout. Well, so George Miller the did movie. the first three Mad Max movies, and he, you know, it's it's kind of incredible that he's the only one who's ever directed a Mad Max movie. I mean, because for, for a franchise this, I mean, there's only four of them, but it's it's got such a legacy. You're right; like it is surprising that nobody else has made one, or the studio hasn't stepped in and like made one themselves. Also, just like the I don't know, you think of Mad Max, and I don't know why, but my mind I can't remember when the first one came out, but my mind goes back to like the seventies. And I always picture George Miller as being a really old guy. Like, I know he wasn't always, but whenever I think of him, I just think of, you know, a George R. R. Martin type. Um, we don't take his name here. <laughs> so I mean, like, he, I, is, I, he is 76 years old, so he is an old man. He was already right, in his like, 40s when the first one came out. But, but that, that's, what, that's what I mean, though. It's just like, it, it's weird to me because in these types of things, usually what happens, like, you know, the, the new Indiana Jones movie that's coming out that got James Mangold to direct it because Steven Spielberg's like 90,000 years old. Right. And it, it, it's incredible to me that not only is George Miller directing all these movies, he's never really, he's only gotten better. Yeah, well, and and he said, I, I want to say it was for Thunderdome, um, which was the third one. He he wanted that movie to be just a consistent car race that didn't end. Like it's it's a constant, you know, car chase. The whole movie is, and and he wasn't able to do that because they stepped in and stopped him. But then when Fury Road comes out, that's exactly what it is, which is which is fun. Um, you know, George Miller, famed director of Happy Feet and Babe Pig in the Big City. Um, my, uh, my, my favorite George Miller go? quote. Yeah, my, my favorite George Miller quote was like, uh, he got asked if he would return for Happy Feet 3. And he just went, I'd rather kill myself. It's so fascinating <laughs> to me what movies he has done. Just looking at his filmography. Because you have, you know, the the three Mad Max movies. And and then it's I, I've got his filmography pulled up, and then it's Happy Feet one and two, Babe Babe two, Pig in the Big City, The Witches of Eastwick, and it's like it's it's like what a weird what a weird filmography for this guy to have because diverse director he directed the Twilight Zone movie like like it's just wait no way. Uh, it's on. I, I haven't looked to see because you know sometimes they'll put producers in on that. But I'm pretty. Yeah, he was one of. The, he directed one of the shorts in the Twilight Zone movie. So did Spielberg, interestingly enough. Um, but yeah. So, so he finally got his dream of making a Mad Max movie that was a you know a two hour car chase scene, and it's this movie. And if you'll notice, we haven't really started breaking down the plot yet, because it's really hard to break down the plot of this movie. There is um, no plot. Because there is no because plot. It's an escort mission from a video game. Yeah. Right. There, there is no plot should be the subtitle of the semi-pro <laughs> podcast. Because I feel like every movie that me and Dalton talk about, every time we come on here, we're always like, yeah, it's really tough to break down this movie because there isn't a plot. Or this movie isn't good. Or our lives are miserable. 
But this one is good. This is the first movie we've done since... Well, I liked Doom Annihilation, but this is the first movie we've done since Kong 2005 that is like a really good movie. Well, Um, this movie's like well made. It's not just... It's not like fun. It's just... It's actually well made. Right. Uh, on a technical level, on a on a on a story level, like it's it's well made, it's well acted, it's well directed. Um we're getting a, a sequel to this movie. Um I'm assuming with Tom Hardy returning. Um, yeah, he signed a he signed a contract for I think three movies. Okay. Wasn't there a few just a spin off movie that was in the works? Yes. Both that's, of those are that's still happening. Are, are slated for twenty twenty three, but who knows? Um, if there were pushbacks or anything with COVID, I have no idea. But the Furiosa spinoff, and, or it's a prequel, and then the uh, Mad Max The Wasteland are both slated to come out in 2023, which is neat. Um, but yeah, so let's, let's jump into, as best we can, the plot of Mad Max Fury Road. So Josh, I'll let you kick us off, um, because I don't remember how this movie starts. I watched it last night. Neither Neither do I, and I didn't watch it last night. <laughs> I, uh, I'm watching it right now. Um, That's why you're the one talking about it. <laughs> yeah, so the, the movie opens and you get uh, Max's famous car. You know, the the black whatever it is, because I, I don't know what cars are. Um, but They're vehicles Max... that you drive. <laughs> Thanks, Item. You're welcome, man. <laughs> Thanks, you put Leslie gasoline Nielsen. in them, you hit the, the gas, and then they, they yeah, go, Vroom. and then you go forward. Yeah, yeah. This movie starts off with uh, Max with really long hair and a long beard eating a lizard while he looks over the wasteland next to his car. Then he gets into it. He drives away. Like four thousand other cars follow him. They they total him, (laughs) and then they rip him away from his car. They bring him to their base. They tattoo his back. They rip apart his car. He tries to escape them. Fails like six times in a row, <laughs> which is he's the worst protagonist you know, in history. But Max, Max doesn't know how to do anything, um, and it's it like his survival is purely just because he's too angry to die, and it's like just like me. <laughs> he's literally me. It may be uh, it may be me like looking too far into it because I do have a habit of doing that with movies I like, especially ones that are as simple as this. But it feels to me like Max is still trying to operate in the ways that the world were before the apocalypse happened, and yet he's living in a world where the apocalypse is happening, and yet he's trying to like he's trying to fight like he would when he was a cop. And, and do all these things in a way that is normal-ish, and yet everybody else is operating in this this weird post-apocalyptic way. And McFeasting world. Right, they're, they're McFeasting in Valhalla, and he's still trying to, like, you know, do normal things, uh, at least to an extent. Once again, it's probably me looking too far into it, but that's kind of the vibe I got from this one. You don't really get that, you know, because the first Mad Max is, is relatively normal, it's it's just there's a gas shortage, and that causes people to act a little a little spooky, and then they get progressively like weirder and more post-apocalyptic as they go, um, and but this one is like full on post-apocalypse. Like there's nothing nothing of the old world left, and so it kind of seems like he's still trying to operate in that in that old style, 
Um, cause that is kind of the, the narrative of the other three movies is him adjusting, but I don't know. Like I said, could be looking too far into it, but yeah, you're right. He's, he's trying to break out and he keeps failing because he's the worst protagonist well, in history. I, I was going to say, I, I don't know about him trying to function ways in the old world. That said, you know, Miller is a great writer who does seem to understand, like he, he's really good at immersive writing, particularly like say well building and making these characters feel lived in evident um, in happy feet and happy feet too <laughs> evident evident in babe picking the city <laughs> um but i would have said that max is more just sort of haunted by his failures than trying to survive because there's always uh that that girl keeps on like popping up which is i, I think it's his daughter um, I would assume you know, so. Well, the, the the first movie is his wife and daughter get murdered by these people who are like precursors to, I guess the the insane people who now run the world. Uh, which a, a neat reference there is that the main bad guy in the first Mad Max movie is played by the bad guy, uh, the guy who plays Morton Joe. Um, which right. is, again, I swear these people didn't age. Um, <laughs> Even well, he looks a thousand years and is kind of fat. Uh, <laughs> well, they put that rubber I, muscle suit on him, so he looks a little better. <laughs> I think he's dead now, actually. Is he actually? That's kind of sad. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that he died. because he, he was also the person who was going to play uh, Martian Manhunter in the cancelled Justice League movie that no one stops talking about. Right. Uh, Which we'll have to talk about that towards the end, but it's definitely worth mentioning. He did. He died in 2020, so... Um, Dang, I was going to suggest him be cast in the live-action Twisted Metal movie (laughs) as Sweet Tooth, because he looks exactly like him. Nah, that actually would have been pretty good. Right internal, (laughs) shiny and chrome, to the gates of Valhalla. (laughs) The, uh, well, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting seeing him, like, try and escape from this base, because there's a lot of ways where they're, like, they're like anti-story writing because in a typical movie what would happen is he'd go for one of these ways and they would succeed and then you know the rest of the movie would be him trying to escape this place and then getting chased by everyone but instead it's just like he tries and there's a there's a gate at the top because of course they're not going to let people climb out of their pits right like why, why would they um and then it just it progresses on and on uh and we find out that there's this guy called a morton joe who has a giant man baby for a son and a giant muscle man baby for a son. Uh, well, and he's and got he, lots and lots of children because he has been... Well, he's got war boys. Right, and he has been consistently... at least It's never like explicitly said that they're all his children, but I, I mean, I would assume there's no reason well, to no, assume that they're um, not. Well, no, I, I would have said that they weren't because he's got his wives who uh, he's trying to like. A big deal is that one of them's pregnant now, right? Um, which, like, I, I I feel like it wouldn't be that big an issue if they weren't, you know, if they were constantly pumping out children. Uh, but he he controls the water supplies in the region, and you know he he graces the 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 lower <laughs> people with aquacola, uh, <laughs> and then. He tr- he finds out that his wives have been taken conspicuously just after he sent his top lieutenant Furiosa on a run to Gastown, I think it is. Which is um, you know it, it 
it's not necessary to see the other Mad Max movies to see this, but the 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 plot of what caused the apocalypse was we the earth ran out of water and it ran out of gas. It ran out of gas first like, and then we, ran out of water. And so those which are they, uh, they they like they touch on it a little bit by showing news articles. It's, for, it's about the opening seconds. credits, right? Yeah, they they mention it and then that's all you need to know about it. And so, but that is the plot of the 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 first two I think Mad Max movies, and then I think Thunderdome is just um, I don't remember much about Thunderdome, but. So, so we're, we're, we're in this world where people don't have water and people don't have gas and a Morton Joe is providing water and gas to people. So that's how he's been able to build this empire over the course of the last, you know, however long the, the oxygen thing, I think may have been something to do with Thunderdome. Um, but I can't remember exactly cause, cause he's got oxygen and his two man babies, both, you know, the, the man baby and then the strong man baby, they both have oxygen too. Um, so I would assume that has something to do with with Thunderdome, but I don't, uh, who knows. I, Thunderdome's the only one that I haven't seen in a long time. I, I watched, I remember I watched Mad Max and Mad Max 2 before I went to go see Fury Road in cinemas. And then I never, I just never watched Thunderdome because I always heard it was kind of... <laughs> Rough around the edges, let's say. Um, but yeah, the Furious has gone off to get Gas Town, quote unquote, uh, and then she like ditches that halfway through because she's harboring these wives, these young girls who she's trying to get to a safe place. They call because, them breeders. Yeah. Is 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 the the proper Fury Road term? Um, the road to get to Gas Town and Bullet Town. We can't forget Bullet Town which is where they get the bullets, is called the Fury Road. Um, and so we're kind of thinking, okay, it'll be this trip to Gastown, and Max is going to stop her because that's what Max does. Um, but then she turns immediately off of Fury Road, and the title of the movie is made mute, and the, the entire story changes pretty much in an instant from what you would think it is, which is another thing that's just great about this movie is... is even after seeing it several times, there's still like some things that surprise you. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I, uh, I've seen this movie. I think I watch it nearly every few months, like every three months maybe. I just and I could I could tell you the whole movie off off by heart. But I can't say it, the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I, I can tell the whole movie off my heart, but then every time I watch it, it still it feels like I'm watching it for the first time again. Right, because the story is so simple. It's I was talking to somebody about food the other day, and uh, we were talking about like what makes good food good. And in a lot of situations, the best food is just very simple. Like you can really overcomplicate like food, but simple food tastes good. And this movie is just bare bones simple um which is part of the reason that every time you watch it it feels like the first time you're watching it because there's nothing to like really distract from from the movie like there's not much plot in the way of that movie um like you can just kind of get into the movie pretty pretty easily well, yeah, that's the thing. You can literally just jump into any moment. You're kind of like, oh, okay, I can, I can gauge what's happening here. Right, right, right. So, Furious is on her way uh, with the the breeders. They're in the tanker of this, um, the war rig, 
which is what they're transferring the gas in. And they're on their way, and uh, and Morton Joe sends out his, you know, his 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 war boys, his his army of either his children or not his children. Doesn't really matter. Either way, sends them out, and they're 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 going. And one of them, by the name of Nux, played by Nicholas Holt, which I didn't realize. Um, he's got he he's. <laughs> One of the initiation things for the war boys is they get a blood bag, which is a human being that they drain the blood out of and put into um, these war boys. And so uh, Max is Nux's war bag or, or blood bag. So he straps him to the front of his car and they all go on this chase to try and track down Furiosa. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Morton Joe sends out his entire army to go and get this Furiosa because, you know, she's got his wives and his water and his gas. And his unborn child. And his unborn child. And uh, he, so he sends them off and he's like, (laughs) I think he says that Max has like high octane blood or something. And Max just... This entire time, Max is just really annoyed to be there. Like, he's not, you know, he's not actively trying to get out. He's more just really frustrated with everything. <laughs> like, he's just, he grunts at everything. He, he's annoyed that they're stolen his car. He's annoyed that they're stolen his bloods. And I think it's in Tom Hardy's contract that every movie, he has to be gagged with some kind of mask. Yeah, that that is true. It is very much, it very much looks like the... Um, the Bane mask just with holes in it. And um, he does. He's wearing... The, it's called a muzzle. They call it a muzzle because apparently Max bites. <laughs> I think that's what they say. He's... Because he's yeah. feral. He's also, he's also like strapped up to the front of their car, which I love. Like he's, he's right at the front, tied up. He could die at any second and they just don't care. <laughs> and neither does he. That's the thing. Like he doesn't seem to care at all. He's like, yeah, if I live, I live. If I die, I die. It's fine. Um, and so, yeah, so they're, they're, this is like the first initial chase of the movie, car chase. And it really never ends. This this car chase pretty much just continues through the rest of the movie with, with various little sequences where they start and stop and start again. Um, and through all of this battle, Furiosa, because she's the actual protagonist of this movie and actually knows what she's doing, is able to to sway off and kill off all of the war boys on the way, except for Nux and uh, Max. Played by Nicholas Holt. Right, Nux, played by Nicholas Holt, famed actor Nicholas Holt, um, and Max, who's you know his 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 blood sack. Um, and so, and it, I I love the little detail that Nux even later on in the movie, because Nux eventually you know learns the error of his ways. Um, he, <laughs> he keeps referring to Max as blood bag, even after he's on the team of the good guys. Yeah. Even, even by the end of the movie, he just calls him blood bag. Which is great. And it, it, yeah, their, their friendships kind of, I, I don't want to say like the core of the movie, but Max is kind of growing relationships with these people that he's just stuck with, that he doesn't want to be near and he's just forced to hang out with. It's kind of, it's kind of the heart of the movie almost, because he like they like say he doesn't want to be with any of these people. He's just forced to, because of the situation that they're all in. Well, yeah, it, it's the he, 
It's the idea of the protagonist who doesn't want to help the people he's helping. He just has something to gain from it, so he has to. Which is always a story point I like. A lot of movies have done that. Um, and I, I, depending on the character, I really like that story where it's like, yeah, this guy clearly doesn't want to help these people out, so we just have to give him a reason to want to. Um, and that's very much Max in this movie. Right, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know... I think Furiosa drives into this giant desert sandstorm uh, to lose the rest of the, the, the convoy that's trying to chase her. And uh, Max and Bloodbag drive right into it. Uh, and that's where the real cinematography and colour of this movie starts to pop. Because um, there's there's fire tornadoes, there's all the, the sandstorm, which is this great, vibrant orange... Uh, then there's blue lightning that comes out of everywhere and every now and again the screen goes black and white for those flashes and it's just it is absolutely gorgeous it's, it's, it's the one best, of best kind of visual eye candy that I've ever seen exactly it's, it's so it genuinely genuinely some of the best visuals I've ever seen in a movie and uh, uh, Nux and Max end up crashing out and Furious is like yeah okay the rest of them wouldn't have entered in, so I've probably got a quick minute to like refuel and recharge and make sure everything's okay. Uh, during which time, Max, who is chained to Knox, drags him to their truck because uh, he just he can't get rid of these people. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and he he which... he carries Knox with him. He's like he's got him like tossed over his shoulder with a shotgun that doesn't work because he tried to shoot off the chain. And he starts, you know, he just points a shotgun at the people and, and um, he, he wants them to cut him free and, and give him some water. And that's basically how he gets roped into to, to traveling with these people. Um, so they, <laughs> they, 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 you know, they cut Nux free and then Nux, they just leave him there for dead, which makes sense. Um, right. Well, Max Max tries to drive away, but then because this is Furiosa's war rig, she's like she's rigged it so that she's the only one who can drive it, unless she went to in a certain sequence, which you know she trusts Max with at some point. Uh, but it, it's great to see that kind of relationship between Furiosa and the war rig. Like you get such a sense of history between it all. And uh, well, it's, you can tell it's she's been really... doing this for a while. Like you can tell she's. Right, yeah. She's not fret. Nothing in this movie feels like it's the first time they're. It feels it's a very lived-in world. You know, people talk about Star Wars like that a lot, where it's like, yeah, but even this movie more so than even Star Wars, because everything in this movie feels like it's all happened before. Everybody's used to stuff like this going on, which usually with post-apocalyptic movies, even like the best ones. They kind of have this sense of like, oh, everything's happening for the first time. This character is is going through a situation like this for the first time. But with this, you never really get that that sense. Everybody is sort of used to the the apocalypse at this point, which is neat. You just get a glimpse into a day in the life of the world of Mad Max. Right, right. That's that's kind of the best way you can you can put it. Um, <laughs> a day, this is just kind of Australian normally, really. <laughs> This is this is we have a you know this is how our Australian friends go to school. <laughs> they take the war. Hey, hey 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 man, that's how I went to school. Come on. <laughs> no, I wouldn't believe you took the war rig to school, Lightsome. Right, exactly. I was the war rig man. <laughs> I had a blood nickname. bag. That was my nickname in high school. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> The, but, real, uh, the real war rig were the friends we made along the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the rest of the movie is just, at this point, it's Furiosa and Max and Co. try and run away from the 15 million people that they've angered. And they just keep on getting chased. And there's not a single moment where they can be like, okay, let's take a break and let's make a plan. <laughs> because everyone in the world wants to kill them. <laughs> It is very much like you know you have your your uncut gems or your your good times movies like that the your, you know your Sadie Brothers movies, where the idea behind them is there's never a breathing moment. This is going to be tense for the next hour and a half, and this movie does that, but in a way that is significantly because those movies are whatever the opposite of fun is, is those movies, and uh, I really like Good Time, but I'm I'm not huge on uncut gems, but. So, so you have those movies where it's like it's tense for two and a half hours and it's just you never get like to take a deep breath. Whereas this movie does the same thing but fun like because you know they're not going to kill off, you know, Max or Furiosa, the two characters who you actually care about. They may kill off some of the moms, but you don't really care about them. And so there is this. There's a sense of like uneasiness because you're never sure. Like there's there's pressure on these characters throughout the whole movie, um, but you still have this this sort of th there's still fun about it. Like you're still having a great time with these characters watching the movie. Right, exactly. And it 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 just as a movie, it, it, like I say, a, a Safety Brothers movie is anxiety-inducing. This is more sort of John Wick three, where it's like you know, you know, they're not going to kill Keanu Reeves, but you're excited to see how Keanu Reeves is going to kill all of these people. Right, exactly. That yeah, that's the same sense it has. Um, and so they're driving, and they they make a deal with some dudes so that they can pass through a particular area, and then these dudes drop some rocks so that nobody else can come through. But now they have to run away from these guys because they're being chased by. Um, so a guy with they were meant to. They were meant to come alone, and then they realized that Furiosa was not alone, and in fact seemed to bring literally everyone in Australia with her. Because one woman goes into labor in the car. It's it, it's all going to hell. It's awful. <laughs> um, and I also just wanted to talk about the design of the movie, like um. Like I say, I can't say enough. George Miller knows how to make a world feel lived in, and you get that sense with this too, where like it, the cars just looked cobbled together. Um, I think one of one of Furiosa's gas pedals is like the foot measuring thing from a foot sto uh, shoe store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, but it has this cool like locking function where she could just lock right, the yeah. pedal, like cruise control, but with with she a just, shoe measurer. She slams it down. <laughs> she just slams it into the floor and it gets stuck there. There's like, you know, at one point she loses her will, so she replaces it with a wrench. Uh, there's there's one one of the people who comes from uh, Bullet Town. He's like he's like wearing a headdress and he's got teeth which are just bullets because of course he does. Why wouldn't he? Right, and the like, leader of Bullet Town has this weird nose thing. Um, yeah, he's got, he, he's got like a metal nose. And he's cut the he's cut the nipples out of his shirt, so that his nipple piercings are constantly showing. I, it, it's such a it's such a great like whoever designed this movie had so much fun with it where everything seems to have a purpose as to why it's there um, even you, the you know 
even the, even the nipple piercings. There's uh, the the war boys also have this like salute because you know Immortan Joe's built up this cult uh, mentality where you sacrifice yourself for him and you go to Valhalla of you know Chrome <laughs> and Eternal and it there's a, there's this salute that they do and it's really cool because they like interlock their fingers and it it makes a V8 engine which is just again it it makes this world feel lived in and you kind of get the sense that yeah cars and gas are literally everything well there's and that makes sense if there's anymore. a gas shortage people are going to start wanting more well, gas yeah. and and it's logical it makes perfect sense as, as you're going through it and so that's some of my favorite stuff in the whole movie is just those little details like that like they go and part of their initiation as a war boy is you get a steering wheel to a particular car and that's your car to drive and and i like that the steering wheels come on and off so that they can be replaced like all of these different things you can tell what's most important to these people and over the course of the last you know, 20, 30 years or so since the apocalypse happened, um, Amorton Joe has taken this opportunity to make those things important to these people in a way where it's it's borderline like like worship. They 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 worship the cars, they worship the gas and uh, the chrome, the shiny chrome, which is a thing that doesn't exist when you're in the desert. That's something that becomes important to them, you know, and they they spray paint their mouths because of it, which I couldn't imagine how how bad that would taste. I mean, how oh, good yeah. it would taste. <laughs> the taste of chrome. You, you, you're telling me you've never, you know, sucked on a penny? I forget that I lives in the Mad Max Fury Road universe. Yeah, I do, Every time I you go to school, I just spray paint my mouth. And just, <laughs> I live, I die, I live again. And then I go and study <laughs> Imagine, imagine going into McDonald's and you're like, "Yeah, can I get a burger? What kind of burger do you want?" Yeah, I'll take your your shiny and chrome burger. <laughs> it's the future from SpongeBob. <laughs> hey, hey, I want the big and tasty burger, but replace the big tasty sauce with some silver spray paint. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Can I? I don't want a Pepsi. Can you just give me a can of <laughs> silver spray paint? I can sort myself out. <laughs> On the on the little um, details before I forget, um, the guitar player, um, there's a guitar player strapped to this car because their cars don't have radios because there's no radios in this world. So like no. clearly there's nobody broadcasting anything. They have a live concert. <laughs> they have a live yeah, concert. It's not, it's not just a guitar player. It's it's drums. It's a whole like orchestral car it's a band right and they play while they're driving to keep the people entertained and get them going it's like it's like you know back in the old times you'd play the drums and stuff when you went into battle but the guitar player the one that the the he's the center of attention right the your guitar player is always the center of your musical piece he he doesn't have eyes um which would you know make his his hearing better because you know when you lose a sense your other senses are boosted he's daredevil <laughs> he's daredevil right which makes him a better guitar player because he can hear better which it's like all of those little tiny details like that george miller See, is a I, beautiful uh, man i i took that more as he doesn't have eyes so he can't like he doesn't get to focus on the battle and stuff like if you know if you had eyes you'd see that all of these cars are crashing in front of you and that would mess up your rhythm that would mess up your focus he doesn't have that so he just he can only think of one thing and that's the Heavy guitar that he's playing because it's all he can hear. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, exactly. It's incredible. He also I, 
they built a practical flamethrower guitar, mm-hmm. which is just such a beautiful, beautiful thing. <laughs> so we, we got to go really quick through the rest of the movie, which is easy. Um, they're they're taking the, the women, the mothers, to the land where Furiosa came from, which they called the Green Place, you know, because it was before the earth ran out of water. So there was greenery there. And, and they go and they meet the mothers there. And there's a naked woman on a pole. And... Um, so they oh they, uh, that doesn't have she... happen in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Just turn that out there. That's wrong. No, it'd be, it'd be a woman in a hijab. There uh, would be no woman. <laughs> um, but yeah, that the, the the naked woman in the tower that was George Miller's actress to play Wonder Woman in his Justice League movie. Fascinating, fascinating. Um, so Fun fact, Peter. Uh, another fun fact: This movie was shot in sequence, so that's that's rare. Oh, nice! So, so this whole movie, the actors are experiencing the story as we are, which is which is a neat little detail. So, so and uh, uh, Tom Hardy also hated making this movie, so I get the feeling that Max's anger towards everyone wasn't just an act. That was just Tom just Hardy being Tom that. Hardy on set. You know, I hear he stories like that. I hear stories like that from Tom Hardy so often. He's like he's he's very but Daniel I, Craig in like every movie he's in. He just seems to hate being in it. Why did why is he an actor? <laughs> because he needs to make he money just, somehow. I some. That's the, he's a really good actor, and there's a couple of movies where he seems to have fun. Like he seems to like Venom. He seems to have a lot of fun yeah, on Venom. Yeah, it's just yeah. everything else. <laughs> everything the else. Winning movie Venom. Venom. See the movie. See the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Please. But uh, yeah, they, 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 please see the movie. We need this to succeed. We want the spum sea to become an actual thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they go to the green place and it turns out that uh, this place where Furiosa was raised is now dead and they're actually in the green place. It's all sand and everyone's depressed and horrible and miserable. And uh, it's now just a bunch of old women. And so Furious is upset. They're just like, okay, we're just going to keep driving because what else can you do? Uh, Across the Salt Lake, <laughs> which is presumably uh, an Utah? ocean. Uh, that's the, once again, there's all these little details where you're like, okay, I would assume it's this, but but you guys may have taken it a different way. I assumed the oceans dried up. Um and so the salt lake, quote unquote, would have been what used to be an ocean in the post-apocalypse or, or like a big sea or something, because we're not really, not really sure where. But, but that was my thinking, because I think in, in, in some, I think in some ways, like when, when a sea, like a smaller sea dries up, it leaves like just a salt pit on the ground. Um, so that's, that was what, what I took it as. And so they start to drive across it and Max comes in. And he's like, yeah, that's that's the he he goes his separate ways, but then he he's like, yeah, I guess I care about these people or whatever. So he turns around, and he says, that's not going to happen, but I've got a plan. And his plan is to turn around and go immediately back to where they came from and take over a Morton Joe's land, and it leads to the greatest sequence in the movie, which is just the drive back. Which it's like the drive there took three fourths of the movie, and the drive back takes one fourth of the movie, and it's just like all of the action sequences that happened in the the you know the first three fourths happen again, but better and faster and and quicker, 
and it's 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 an amazing just like car chase through this place like and they're just going for it like gunning it uh and and fighting all these people off like the the people from bullet town are there the people from gas town are there and uh, morton joe and the the war boys are there and they're just like taking them all out as they go and it, yeah, like you say, it's it's like the first three quarters of the movie condensed into one, and it's some of the most bonkers action I've ever seen. Like there, there's people who are just on these giant sticks that are just waving about, and they just like they pick up people and then drop them, or they swing down to someone and they try and stab them. I'm pretty sure they have chainsaws. Yeah, one, one. There's a few of them that just have chainsaws and are just running after people. A few of them, they, they have like these explosive spears. Um, it, it's bonkers and it's insane and it's fantastic, just like the rest of the movie. And like, we, then, there's most so of much, it's practical, right? Which is yeah, crap. yeah, everything, everything's practical pretty much. The, the, like, it, it, it's so insane to me. And you, you can't talk about everything that's great about this movie, you know, in in one sitting because it is. It is basically a perfect movie, and it's even a as much action as action movie. Well, that's the thing. Even as much as like, there's not as much talking. Um, <laughs> there, there's certain lines into it where my mouth was just gaped open because I, it's so balls to the walls insane that you can't help but think, wow, this is just fantastic. Like, like there's a moment where. Uh, I think it's the guy from Bullet Town is chasing after the the Warwick, and he gets he gets sniped and he's blind, so he's just he's shooting these two guns, and uh, uh, he says someone like brother clock, brother <laughs> brother desert eagle or something, uh, the choirs of death are singing after you or something like that, and it's. It, it, While unloading clips on clips, yes, just, just like just like endlessly shooting, <laughs> and there's a giant orchestral, you know, music going in the background. The OST to this movie is insane too. Everything is fantastic, and it all gets exemplified in that last sort of twenty minutes because they just kick it into eleventh gear. They just go all the way, well, and, and they and they wrap everything up. There's so much in. The, the you know the the first two acts of this movie that that you're kind of thinking like there's no way they wrap all this up but they do and they wrap it up in a way that is satisfying in a way that the ending of this movie should have been one of those movie endings where it's like oh the ending of this the rest of the movie is really good but the ending kind of fell flat but it wasn't because they knew to have restraint at the beginning and pay it all off at the end and so this car chase back is so amazing um, and then they get back, and a Morton Joe is dead. They 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 kill him. Um, Nux is able to have they, the final blow they, on him. Uh, they rip his face off. Oh no, that's right. Furiosa gets gets that. Furiosa ties up. Yeah, she, she like, to his mask like, and rips his face off and, and throws it into a tie. I mean, it just <laughs> straight up tears everything. It's it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, a Morton then, Joe gets to kill. Then, uh, um, uh, Erectus, whatever his first name was, the 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 man baby, yeah, man baby number yeah. one. Right, yeah, uh, and then and then Nux and Elvis Presley's granddaughter like drive the war rig into the rocks to block off everyone else from getting in there. 
Yeah, and he he gets to sacrifice himself for our heroes, which is great. Um, he had a moment earlier with one of the mothers, um, which which was a nice little tender moment they shared. And um, so he decides to join Wait, the team. He points out his tumors. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's horrible tumors. Tender moment in Mad Max Fear Road. Yes. She like she like comforts him. I, that, that's part of the reason where I assumed they were a Morton Joe's children because it, they kind of do like a, a father or a, a mother son kind of thing there. Um, where it's like even if even if that's not her kid because she looks a little young for that, it's like they they still oh, share I, that I, moment. I took that as a like romantic sort of thing. Ah, see, I took it as either well, they're they're one of two things. They're either siblings. Or, or there. I mean, that's gonna be very awkward. Is there, this George R. R. Martin? Right. Were you right uh, in the beginning? I mean, in Australia, you know, there's not a lot of choice. <laughs> in, in, in post-apocalypse Australia, there's even less. The main goal back. is reproduction. They get back, and 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 Furiosa and and the team ride the 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 car, which is which was. Um, you know, Morton Joe's car with his dead body laying on the hood of the car up to the top. They open up the water. They let everybody drink and they take over um, as the new leaders of this little town, you know, giving hope that that these people will live the, the you know, the the people in a Morton Joe's town will live a better life. Um, I think it's did they call it the Citadel? Um, yes, it's it's the Citadel. Yeah, the, the, the people who live in the Citadel are going to live a, a better life now with Furiosa in charge. Um, as opposed to a Morton Joe, Max slips away in the crowd, never to be seen again. The man from nowhere goes back to nowhere, and then roll credits, and it's it's beautiful, and it's such a satisfying ending to such a satisfying movie, and I love every second of it. And I watched it last night, and I kind of want to watch it again. This discussion yeah. makes me want to watch it again, and I haven't for a while. Well, yeah, I said I, I was saying I was saying to you guys for this. Every time someone talks to me about Fury Road or I see a thing from Fury Road, I'm like, I should rewatch that, and then so, I end up. It, you end every up time you say it, Fury like, Road, Brothers in Arms starts playing in my head, <laughs> and it's just it's just the best feeling ever. With the other two such movies, goaded soundtrack. With the other two movies on the on the the semi pro perfect trilogy. The Dark Knight and Skyfall. They're both movies and we where... Have them too? No. Um, they're both movies yeah. where <laughs> you get this feeling like over time where you're like, well, that movie's overrated. And then you watch it and you're like, oh, that movie's perfect. Especially The Dark Knight, but even Skyfall too. This movie, I never get that feeling because like Josh said, every time it comes up in conversation, I want to watch it again. Um, and so that's why it's probably the best of the three. At least, like the most enjoyable of the three, because there's it not... has the most rewatchability to it. Yeah, I mean, probably. Once again, it's there's not not much happens in this movie other than just incredible action. But there's all these little details that you can just like pick apart and 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 run with. Like like you can focus on a different pixel in every frame of this movie and pick up on something you didn't before. And Itzim, I know you wanted to talk about the soundtrack, so I'll let you do that now because you're a you're a soundtrack nerd. Hey, I'm just saying, this soundtrack is probably the best 
realized soundtrack for a movie. Every movie has a soundtrack that kind of fits and doesn't fit. This soundtrack, start to finish, is just high octane action. Just makes you makes your blood pump through you in such a good way. Like I put it up there with, and Josh can agree with me on this. Like the Doom 2018 soundtrack and this just gives you another feeling of like raw barbaric energy. And it's just great. Barbaric energy is a really good way of describing it. It feels like it, it, like primal, yeah. where it's just it, it absolutely destroys. And uh, like Junkie XL, um, I'm not I'm not going to say that I'm the biggest Junkie XL fan in the world. How dare you? I, I, I'm not against him. I like him. He's grown on just, me a lot more recently. Right. But yeah, well, I've 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 been more experienced. Like I, I've seen him do a lot more stuff recently, which is starting to open my eyes to him. This was the first. I think this was the first movie I ever saw where I was like, oh, this that's a Junkie XL soundtrack. Like this is the first time I ever attributed a soundtrack to him, and it it's one of my favorites. Like I'll, I'll just listen to it when I'm out on a walk, if I'm writing an essay, if I'm working on something. It's so perfect because it's also it's what it needs to be for the movie yeah junkie xl i guess his most recent his most recent would be steiner cut he did godzilla versus kong um, army of the dead is the right. most recent one i i i could not tell you a, like none of the soundtrack was memorable for army of the dead he did mortal engines the movie that literally everyone in the world forgot about the second it was released. Remember when they were trying to pan that as the new Lord of the Rings because it was from Peter Jackson? Yeah. How sad. I don't even know what movie Mortal Engines is. It's, that, uh, that was the one where like all the countries became cars. <laughs> it's Mad Max. It's yeah, Mad it's Max. Max. <laughs> it's like Mad Max, but global. Uh, no, it's, that was the one where it's like all the countries moved to mobile engines or something like, no one saw it no no one watched no, it. not a single person in the world saw that movie but yeah that this has been our discussion of mad max fury road if you haven't seen it watch it um if you haven't seen it then what are you doing if you life? haven't seen it shame Change on you that. shame Change on you it. for not having seen this movie you're doing yourself a huge favor by watching this movie genuinely yes i i don't agree with item very often but right here, right now, hey, I agree with Itzum wholeheartedly. Hey, um, apparently, there was 470 hours of footage, so I'm waiting on the <laughs> the George Miller cut. The Miller, uh, the Miller cut. Release the Miller cut of Mad Max Fury Road, the 470-hour cut of this movie. Watching just the raw cut of this movie took three months before the editor got it cut down. Um... His wife is the one who edited this movie, by the way, in case you wanted to know. Wow. But yeah. I knew that. Definitely, definitely watch this movie because it's it's just, it's beautiful. Item, any final words? Would you recommend people watch Mad Max Fury Road? 100%. And why? Elaborate. Good action. Good visuals. Good themes. Good acting banger of a soundtrack which makes up for like it, the movie wouldn't be as good if it didn't have that soundtrack i'm just gonna say it when the music starts pumping everything goes like it's like 
dial the pill eleven, everything's great. When the music starts pumping, the movie starts thumping. I am going to I echo all of so much. I'm gonna echo all of it some sentiments. It's once as me and Josh have said, this is probably as far as cult movies go, it's not the greatest movie that's ever existed, but it's certainly one of the most fun. And it's one of my all-time favorite movies, and as far as like cult nerdy movies go, it might be the best, and it's definitely as close to perfect as we'll ever get. Um, George Miller, I know you got that sequel planned. Um, I can't wait, and I'm also nervous, but more importantly, I can't wait because he's definitely he's definitely listening. Josh, give your final thoughts, and then close us out. Uh, my final thoughts are basically everything that you guys have said. It's a fantastic movie that has literally no flaws. And if you think it does, then I, I urge you to rewatch it because you're wrong. I can tell you that now. Uh, and yeah, this this movie's fantastic. And uh, thank you very much for joining us on this episode of Semi Pro. We hope to see you next week when we don't know what we have planned. It's a huge surprise for everyone involved. Movie. <laughs> Everything is uncertain. Something. As happened. as I, as I said movie